So this morning, I'd like to answer one key question. How can we grow in this gospel triumph of faith, hope, and love? God has already deposited these in us, yes. But how do we grow in living out in faith, hope, and love more and more? The answer is right here in 1 Thessalonians. Let me read the passage from this book in the Bible uh, that we're going to be looking at this morning. I'm reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 7. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the law. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and at time. This is God's word. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we uh, thank you for the gift of faith, hope, and joy, faith, hope, and love, and joy, of course, that your Holy Spirit deposited in us when he led us to faith in Christ Jesus. As we reflect on your word, we pray, Lord, would you, by your word and by your spirit, empower us and teach us to grow in living out this faith, hope, and love that has already been deposited. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How do we grow in living this gospel triumph of faith, hope, and love? That's the central point of the sermon. That's really what we are wrestling with this morning. Like I said, the answer is right here in the passage. Look at verses 6 and 7. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. In verse 7, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. When Paul says in verse 7, and so you became a model to all believers, he is talking about how the Thessalonians have become a model for this gospel triad of faith, hope, and love. Verse 6 holds the answer to how the Thessalonians grew in exercising and living by this gospel triad of faith, hope, and love. So, so let's read verse 6 for the answer. Verse 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message 
in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And then verse 7, after this verse 7 begins with, and so you became a model for every other, all other believers. So putting these two verses together, enduring suffering, enduring severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit is what helped the Thessalonians grow in living with faith, hope, and love. Severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. This is the way to grow in this gospel trial of faith, hope, and love. This is an interesting answer to the question we are wrestling with today. This is also an uncomfortable answer. I can imagine that none of us want to grow in faith, hope, and love like this through suffering like the best ones. And you're thinking, you're probably thinking, I like the first sermon in the series. Because in the first sermon, you told us we just need to receive this faith, hope, and love that God gives us. That was good. That sounded good. But now you're telling us that I have to grow in these through suffering. I don't like this at all. That's, that's probably what you think. By the time we finish today, I hope you will not feel that way. I want to do three things today. I want to draw three, three things out for us from this passage. First, I'd like to show us the severe suffering that Paul and the Thessalonians endure. Second, I'd like to show us how severe suffering helped them and will help us also in growing in faith, hope, and love. And third, I hope to show us how Jesus helps us wait well and wait with joy even as we endure some suffering till he comes again. So these are the three things we're going to be looking at. The severe suffering that Paul and the Thessalonian church endured. How And third and the last, how Jesus helps us wait well and enjoy and with joy even as we endure suffering till he comes again. So those are the three things uh, we're going to be looking at. First, let's look at, let's see the severe suffering that Paul and the Thessalonians endure. We need to go to Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 9, to understand the backstory to what Paul is talking about in this chapter. And uh, this portion, I'm going to read this out for us in the book of Acts, which is also a book of the New Testament, is a very helpful narrative to, to help us really understand what, what's happening to the Thessalonian church, even as Paul, uh, the apostle Paul is writing this letter to them. So allow me to read Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 10. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to that. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 10. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, 
they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scripture, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a large number of God-fearing Jew Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. We can all imagine what that looks like, a riot in the city. They rushed into Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out into the crowd. But they did not find them. They dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men have caused trouble all over the world and have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are defying Caesar's decrees, saying there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and others post bond that's bail and let them go. Verse 10. As long as it was as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Bedia. The Thessalonian city, people, Jews in the Thessalonian city, opposed Paul and Silas with a riot. There were mobs in the city and they drove Paul out of Thessalonica. They took law into their own hands. They dragged believers from their homes. They had no legal right to do so, but they did that. Thessalonica threw out Paul and Silas. And so Paul and Silas went to Berea from Thessalonica. And the Thessalonians did not give up. They, they pursued Paul and Silas into Berea. Let me read verse 13 from the same chapter. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there to agitating the crowds and stirring them up. And Paul had to flee again. This time he fled to Athens. And from Athens, Paul moved on to Corinth, to the city of Corinth, to preach Jesus Christ in that city. By the time Paul came to Corinth, he was extremely worried for the Thessalonians. Because he had to leave the Thessalonian church abruptly. He had to leave before the church was fully formed and before leaders could be trained and appointed. And he knew because of his own experience of being thrown out that the Thessalonians were enduring severe opposition and persecutions. The Thessalonians were all alone in their suffering. Paul couldn't go back there. So Paul sent Timothy to go back to Thessalonica and find out how the believers there were doing. And so Timothy went to Thessalonica and came back to Paul and Corinth with very encouraging news. And it is after hearing the encouraging news about the faith of the Thessalonians, uh, after hearing the first-hand report of Timothy, who'd gone visited Thessalonica, 
Paul writes verse 7. Timothy had told Paul that the Thessalonians were doing really well. They were demonstrating faith, love, and hope. And so Paul responds, right, saying, and so you have become a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia, demonstrating the gospel tribe of faith, hope, and love. That's, that's the story. That's what's happened uh, just before uh, Paul wrote this letter to Thessalonians. Do you see the beauty of what happens to the Thessalonians. They were left all alone to face severe suffering, but that very severe suffering had helped them grow in the gospel tribe of faith over love. Paul was afraid that they were all alone in their suffering, and he sends Timothy, and Timothy comes there and finds out that that very suffering had helped the Thessalonians who were all alone to grow in this gospel tribe of faith, hope, and love. Severe suffering with the joy of the Holy Spirit is the training ground for gospel superheroes. It is through suffering that all of us discover the superpowers of faith, hope, and love that God has already deposited in us. The Thessalonian church learned to grow in faith and hope and love because they endured severe, severe suffering with the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's the secret. And this brings us to the second thing I'd like to show us from this passage. How severe suffering helped them at Thessalonian church and helps us to grow in faith, hope, and love. This is both counterintuitive and uncomfortable. You know, you and I, we have to uh, chart out a path for ourselves to, to grow in faith, hope, and love. And I would bet suffering would not be in any of our growth paths. And yet, we are seeing from the Thessalonian church that suffering is the road on which we grow in faith, hope, and love. Let me, let me try and help us see how this is so true in every one of our lives. The last three months have perhaps been the most difficult three months in our entire lives. Isn't this true for, for most of us? Haven't we all been at least a little afraid when we stepped out of home for a grocery run? We were afraid that we would pick up, we might pick up a virus too. You know, when I step outside and, you know, when there's a speck of dust in my eye or there's a mild light itch in my cheek, I'm just so scared to touch my face. I never, I never imagined that I would be so scared to touch my own face. But that's, we've we, we all experienced this. Um, many of us, we're probably taking pay cuts for the first time in our lives. You know, earlier, we would be disappointed if we didn't get a good enough increment. 
or a good enough promotion. I mean, a pay cut was just not even there in our vocabulary. And now, so many of us are taking 30-35% pay cuts. How hard is it to get a job now? If you feel the employer is not treating you well and you are looking, you're looking out for a job, how hard is it to, to get a job now? Even if you decide a job change, can you even find a job? Those of us who have parents who are older than 65 and 70, do we not fear for them? Do we not fear that they might contract the virus? But just think about the frustration and and the boredom and and uh, and, and, and the and the you know you know the roller coaster ride of emotions and, and the grief and the sadness of just sitting locked up in our homes. Those of us who are in another city living away from our families in the lockdown, we are missing our families like crazy. Those of us who are with our families in in one home in the lockdown, we are fighting with each other like like crazy. So whatever whatever our, our status is, this has indeed been the hardest three months of our entire lives. What has the lockdown done to your faith? Think about it. What has the lockdown done to your faith? Is your faith, hope, and love greater now than it was three months ago? Think about it. Is your faith, hope, and love greater than what it was three months ago or lesser now having endured? I think every one of us have grown in our faith open life. Let me try and answer this question uh, for us together as a church. Let's take faith. Earlier, maybe eight to ten of us would, would read the Bible uh, uh, daily and, and share our reflections on, on, on the WhatsApp group in which we share it kind of daily. But these past three months, I think about 30 of us are reasonably regular and active in joining these calls where we get together at 8.30 every morning to read through the Bible and then pray through one chapter of the Bible together. That's faith. Faith in pursuing Jesus. We are all believing in him more. Has our faith grown during the lockdown? Absolutely, yes. Let's take hope. Before the lockdown, how many of us had the habit of praying daily and consistently for ourselves, our city, our church, our nation, and the world. Maybe three to five of us were doing that consistently. I wasn't consistent, I'll be honest, before the lockdown. Right now, over the last three months, during the lockdown, we have 25 to 30 of us who are reasonably active at our daily evening 8.30 p.m. prayer calls. Isn't that true? Think about this. How many of us were earlier daily thinking and longing for the second coming of Christ Jesus. Very few. We're not really, yes, we believed in it, but our hearts were not enthralled by it. We were not longing for it desperately. But now, is that happening? Yes. We're crying out, come Lord Jesus. Come. Or take love. In these past three months, despite deep fake ups, and, and very real fears of job loss. As a church, we, we have so far raised close to 4 lakh rupees to give 
to uh, sex workers in the red light district who do not have food to eat. And we've helped over 200 women uh, with monthly food provisions. Haven't we grown in love? What we did, what we gave our generosity, despite the pay cuts, we've all seen this is not easy love. This is love that comes at a cost to us. This is gospel love. Haven't we all grown in our faith, open love through the suffering of the last three months? Take a moment. Take a moment to evaluate yourself. Is your faith, hope, and love greater than it was three months ago, or is it lesser than three months ago? Add this all up, and let me ask us a simple question. The world is sick. The world is in shock. World economies, and including our own, are in the ICU, are in the intensive care unit. But in the midst of all this suffering, in the midst of all this grief, in the midst of all this uncertainty over the last three months, have our faiths been shaken or have our faiths been strengthened? Has your faith been shaken? Or has your faith been strengthened? Think about it. Take a moment to, to answer that question for yourself. I speak as a pastor. One of my greatest joys in the lockdown is that some of us have grown spiritually more in the last three months than we have over the past three years. Isn't that surprising? Isn't that, isn't that counterintuitive? Severe suffering, but accompanied by the joy of the Holy Spirit, help the Thessalonian church grow in faith, hope, and love, and our own version of suffering in the COVID-19 crisis and the lockdown has helped us grow in faith, hope, I want to share, share one more thing about suffering. This is important. Suffering confirms our election. Suffering confirms our elections. Election. Theologians use the word election to communicate the truth that Jesus chose us. We did not choose him. He chose us. He elected us. We saw that last week. We saw last week that Jesus chose us. We do not choose him. But how do we know that Jesus has indeed chosen us? How can we be sure? How do we know we are part of the, of the elect? If we are indeed chosen, suffering will not kill our faith. Suffering will build our faith. If Jesus has indeed chosen us, we will not fall away when suffering comes. On the contrary, we will grow stronger in our faith when suffering comes. Suffering confirms our election. And that brings us to the third and the last thing that I like to draw for us from this passage. How Jesus helps us 
wait well and wait with joy even as we endure some suffering till he comes back again. Let's go back to the passage in Acts that we are looking at today. I'm going to read verses 1 to 3. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 3. We've already read that before. Let me quickly read a portion of it. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah. As you can see from the passage, this passage, the core of Paul's teaching in Thessalonica is that the Messiah had to suffer. Jesus, Jesus Christ had to suffer on the cross. He had to die on the cross and he had to rise again from the dead. This was one of the biggest reasons the Jews in Thessalonica rejected Jesus. The the Jews in Thessalonica just could not believe that the Messiah, the Savior, would suffer and die. They were expecting a Messiah to come as a victorious king. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, came as a suffering servant king. The Jews could not accept that Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, took on the sin of all who would believe in him upon himself. The Jews could not believe that the Messiah would die as a sacrifice for sins. God being broken for men. God taking the sins of men and women upon himself. God dying on a cursed cross to bring blessing to men. The Jews just could not comprehend that Jesus Christ, who was God himself, the Son of God, would take on his body the punishment for the sins of men and women he would suffer and he would die and then rise again from the dead. The Jews could not accept a Messiah who suffered. The Jews could not accept God who suffered for men. Here's what I'd like you to think about. Just As the Jews rejected Jesus because of his suffering, are we rejecting Jesus because of our suffering? You say that just as the Jews rejected Jesus because Jesus suffered, are we weakening in our faith and are we rejecting Jesus just because we are enduring some suffering? Many people expect faith in Jesus to give them a life that is free of all suffering. It's not true. No. If we worship a God who never suffered, then we may expect a life that's free of suffering. 
What? If we worship a God who suffered for the salvation of men and women, if we worship a God who suffered for the salvation of men and women, we will not run away from suffering. We will not be broken by suffering. We will not be crushed by suffering. If we worship a God who suffered for the salvation of men and women, then suffering can only strengthen our faith in this Jesus. It cannot shape our faith. Because Jesus suffered, suffering itself has been redeemed in the life of every believer. In the life of a believer, in the life of every believer, suffering itself is redemptive. Suffering in a believer's life is never wasted. Suffering in a believer's life is never pointless. It is never without reason. It is never without purpose. In the life of every believer, God uses all suffering, every suffering, to bring good to ourselves and bring good to others through our suffering, just as good came to us through the suffering of Christ Jesus. I want to close with a, with a real story. And if you like the story, if you're blessed by the story, uh, you have Varun, my son, to thank for this. Uh, because he was the one who picked a movie uh, based on this real story. And he, he really encouraged me to watch the movie. The movie uh, is called I Still Believe. The movie and the story is, is about the life of Jeremy Camp. Jeremy Camp, most of us, many of us would know him, is a really gifted gospel singer and worship leader. When he was in college, at the beginning of his career as, as, a, as a worship leader and a gifted singer, Jeremy Camp met Melissa, beautiful Melissa. He, he fell in love with Melissa. They, they were head over in heels in love with each other. They got married really young. A few months after they got married, um, Melissa had ovarian cancer. And for a while, it seemed as if she was healed. Uh, the doctors even said she was, she was cancer-free. So it seemed that life was back on track. But only a few months later, the cancer came back and killed Melissa. She was 21 years old when she died, and Jeremy Camp was 23 years old. They had been married for all of four months. Broken, grieving, confused, and suffering after the death of his beloved wife, Melissa, Jeremy Camp wrote a song titled, I Still Believe. Allow me to read a few words from that song. Scattered words and empty thoughts seem to pour from my heart. I never felt so torn before. Seems I don't know where to start. But it is now, but it is now that I feel your grace falls like rain from every fingertip, washing away my pain. I still believe 
in your faithfulness. I still believe in your truth. I still believe in your holy word. Even when I do not see, I still believe. Even when I do not see, I still believe. In the depth of the agony and grief and the searing pain of this of watching this beautiful 21-year-old wife Melissa die four months after they got married. Walking, having walked through all that grief, Jeremy Camp was able to say, even when I don't see, I still believe. Suffering confirms our election. For a believer, suffering will only strengthen our faith. Faith. It will not shake our faith. Every one of us, every one of us have suffered during this lockdown. And we may all perhaps suffer some more in the coming weeks and months. Let us not be afraid of the suffering. Let us not be broken. Let us not crumble under the suffering. Instead, let us embrace this suffering. For it is on the road of suffering that we really grow in the gospel triad of faith that produces works. Love that compels us to labor and hope that produces in our hearts endurance. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the testimony of the Thessalonian church. That in the midst of severe suffering, in the midst of riots, in the midst of mobs dragging believers out of their homes, in the midst of Paul and Silas being thrown out, and in the midst of being left all alone, without any leaders to fend for themselves, the Thessalonian church, through that very suffering, which should have broken them, grew in faith, hope, and love. Lord, we believe that this is your call upon our lives too. That through the suffering of this lockdown, a suffering that we've never ever seen before in any of our lives, through the suffering of the COVID-19 crisis, through the suffering of this lockdown, Lord, I pray, Lord, we give ourselves by faith, Lord. Would you, as is your sovereign plan, help us to grow in our faith, hope, and love through this suffering. Thank you, Lord. Lord, tomorrow when suffering comes, the day after when suffering comes face to face, Lord, a week down the line, a month down the line, in our finances, in our careers, Lord, in our emotions, when we are troubled, may we not crumble and fall down, Lord, but may we stand by the great joy of the Holy Spirit. May we look suffering in the eye and say, in Christ Jesus, you're going to help me grow in faith hope. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.